This episode of GameScoop is sponsored by Squarespace. If you're looking for a way to make your business stand out and succeed online, Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for you. They take the stress out of creating an awesome website, engaging with your audience, and selling anything from products to content to time so you're able to focus on, you know, everything else. In other words, you'll have more time for gaming. With the new guided design system, you can choose from curated layouts and styling options to build a unique online presence from the ground up, optimized for every device. And with Squarespace's integrated, optimized SEO tools, you'll show up more often to more people. Squarespace doesn't just make things easier for you. Checkout for your customers is made seamless with simple but powerful payment tools that allow you to accept credit cards, PayPal, and Apple Pay. And in eligible countries, offer the option to buy now and pay later with Afterpay and ClearPay. So whether you're just starting out or looking to expand your existing brand, be sure to visit squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, go to squarespace.com gamescoop to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That's squarespace.com gamescoop for 10% off. You know, when it comes to wireless carriers, sometimes what you see isn't always what you get. Except with Visible. With Visible, what you see is exactly what you get. If you haven't heard of Visible, well, now you have. They're the wireless carrier that's making wireless visible. It's in the name. With Visible, there are no hidden fees, no fine print, no hassle, nothing to hide. It's just $25 a month, all taxes and fees included. And you don't need more than one line of wireless to save. You can save on a line all to yourself with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. And again, just $25 a month. The future of wireless is here and it is transparent. If you want more transparency in your wireless plan, you want to be on the Visible plan. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. That's Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome to IGN Games Group. I am your host, Damon Hatfield. With me this week is Greg Miller, Scoop! Justin Davis is hey, here, guys. and Anthony Gallegos. Hey! It's the most wonderful time of the year. E3. It's E3 time. Uh, what I've enjoyed this E3 is they've just told us all the games ahead of time. You think more so? No than, surprises, Damon. There's still a well. Okay, yeah. You know what's still Nintendo. There's still there will still be surprises. The Nintendo I'm, I'm has, being, I guess, won't the be biggest surprise though. Are you going to be that surprised when they're like, <laughs> "Guess I what? Can't. A Zelda game." You're going to be like, "Oh, okay." Speaking of Zelda, I'd be surprised. Won't it'll be Mario crying and screaming? Who cares? Either I, way, it it's going Mario. to happen. It's not a surprise. It's a foregone conclusion. What if it's super realistic, Mario? <laughs> so it looks like so third person. Like open world cup, plumber cup, game. cover shooter dinosaurs Where you're just are having to run around and do plumbing jobs. Yeah. You have to go plumb for people and plumbers got a plumb. Plumbers got a plumb. Is that what it's called? Plumb plumbing. No, that's not right. <laughs> I don't think anyone ever calls it plumb. <laughs> gotta go plumb. Anyway, we're in the middle of uh, final E3 preparations here. I wasn't sure if we were going to have time to record a game scoop, but then I came to my fucking senses. That's what I like to hear, Damon. And I remember like we we couldn't let you the can't forget down. where yeah. you came from, Damon. You're like Oz in the new American reunion movie because he had, spoilers. He had forgotten where he came from. I see some people every <laughs> once in a while wearing shirts that say "Never Forget," and I think it's, this is what they're talking <laughs> about. <laughs> this is what, <laughs> Uh, Sunday we all fly down to LA, yeah? Yep. Justin yes. and I are on the same flight. Are we are. You, you what time is your flight? 2.20? maybe? My flight's at 10 in the morning. Yeah, Greg Miller's getting leaving at 1. What's my, the fly? I'm going to get the worm. My what? Flight. What did that <laughs> I'm going to go to the convention center and see all the games early and oh, be okay. done. I'll my be flight's at 10 in the morning on Sunday out of Oakland. Ooh. Oh, man. That's, that's dangerous. Yeah. So, you said Which, Oakland. But, well, I also can't scared. check into my place till 6, so I don't know what I'm going to do. Oh, yeah. 
<laughs> just gonna wander LA. It's gonna be crazy. Boats and hoes. Sunday we all get in. Uh, we're gonna go. I'll check out our war room. Our war room is where we do all of our, our work uh-huh. during E3. It's an offsite location. I'm excited about that this year. Yeah. Secret undisclosed location. <laughs> Uh, and then after that, we're all going to a big group editorial dinner. Yeah. At yeah. what? What's the yard? Yard, yes. yard house. Yard house. In LA Live. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that'll be fun. So if you see a bunch of disheveled people in the yard house, it's probably us. <laughs> Come we, say hi. We, I, don't, I don't know. Maybe you, but me, Damon, and Justin. <laughs> I'll be dishe- I'll, a little cleaned up. I'll be disheveled. I'll be very disheveled. I'm sure. We uh, the war room is going to be. I'm very excited about that. This is my first E3 with IGN, uh-huh. uh, but your tenth E3. I know. I've, I've been kind of saying that to you're anybody no, that you're would no, listen. You're no spring chicken. Tenth E3. My first one was in high school. Um, I was tweeting about this a little bit earlier. I was in high school and I went to E3. I slept on the floor of a hotel room that had, I think, six other people in it. There was one guy curled up the foot of another guy's bed like a dog, yeah. and I and one guy sleeping in the bathtub, and uh, <laughs> and I was so happy. Like we had all these people crammed into one room. We were gonna like rock the show and cover every game. Like I, you know, IGN already existed back then. We weren't what rocking was, anything. What was but... the game of the show? Two thousand and two. 2003 was the year I went, and okay. the, the first one. Does that math check out? Is I don't it, think so. Is this real? No, that's totally. The well, t- you count because yeah, it, yeah, it yeah. checks out. Because remember, your first E3, you can't. He's doing he's, it. Is, he's it is. It, that yeah. checks, it checks out. <laughs> I've run it through with my 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 guys, and it, it checks out. Okay. Um, what was the so game of the show? Well, that was the year that the Nintendo or the uh, the uh, IGN reaction meme happened, where they were being oh, shown. Guys. They looked very Pac-Man very, versus. Yeah, it was Pac Man versus, and they looked very sad and bored. And that's mm-hmm. where that came from. Is when yeah. Nintendo was talking about Pac Man versus, and that was the first year. That was Reggie's big. You know, my name's Reggie, and Nintendo's. I'm about, about kicking yeah, ass and, and make, taking names, and make and Nintendo's about making games. And we were all like, "What? Who's this guy? <laughs> <laughs> He's gonna change everything." Um, yeah. He did. I will say that I've, <laughs> well, been, he didn't. I've done anyway. E3s before IGN, too, but I will say that IGN E3s are some of the more intense ones. Yeah, that's not, not a bad what does way. That just, what does that mean? just means in the sense that everyone, like other places, I feel like other places, they, they work, but IGN, they fucking kill it. And by that, I mean they, it's a lot of work, and it's it's like, yeah. That's yeah. that's the impression. I mean, we'll see how I feel after next week. But that's what I was starting to say is that it feels very different. It feels like you know we have this sort of master battle plan for how we're going to tackle that's everything. I mean. And you know, Damon's got the live show split up into like twenty minute chunks, and you're showing. Do you know roughly how many total games are going to be on that live show? Uh, no. A lot, like, a lot of games, dozens yeah. and dozens, dozens of and games. dozens of yep. games, and just this crazy plan for breaking up the time. And we have this crazy war room. And so that's, this thing is. is is that I imagine a lot of other places, like other outlets and stuff. The reason I say, I guess, it's different is like when I used to, when I used to be at other ones, but like you'd see this game and you'd write it. That was your only job. Yeah. At IGN, it's like uh, everyone's doing that, and then we're also like doing reaction pieces, and we're gonna do all these crazy newsroom videos, and yeah. we're gonna do like hosting the live show, mm-hmm. which is actually, in my opinion, it's a lot better. I like to have yeah. something to break up the monotony. Sure. Of doing, yeah. 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 Sitting it's, in one place all day. It's gonna be really fun and a lot of work. We're all gonna be exhausted and happy at the end of the week. I think. Yeah, yeah, no, that's how it works. I'm not at all kidding when I say it's the most wonderful time of the year. I think Ether is so fun. Yeah, it's I so agree. exciting. It's, it's, it's and I don't. I'm, I'm one of my happiest times of the year. Finally, again. It's, it's one like, of those things I always, I always dreaded a bit. Yep, because it is so much work. And I, I always yeah. get to the point in the preparation where I'm like, can we just fucking go? Yeah, like I'm sick of talking about it and looking at schedules and yada yada yep. yada. And like now that it's almost here, and like we're packing up our desks and I'm writing a bunch of E3 previews that are pretty cool. I was pretty much in the dread phase up until Star Wars 13. 13 was announced, and now I'm like, now I'm excited to go. Yeah. Game yeah. That game exciting. sounds really cool. It really is. I, I want to believe. Yeah. But. I hope it's good. <laughs> and, uh, well, that, that one's going to be on our live show on day one. Yeah. Ooh. Uh, in the afternoon there. 
you meet yeah you meet a lot of people a lot of other journalists and people that work in the other sides of the industry that are kind of jaded and burnt out and don't you know they're just not they're down on e3 and i'm maybe i'll get like that eventually but this is year 10 i'm still like very excited very pumped um it sort of shifts over the years it used to be all about like i know in hindsight that e3 2003 was a, kind of a terrible e3 but i had so much fun and thought yeah. it was amazing see um, that's crazy that you remember it to me they like, all I mean, exactly this is i remember the first one sick so we have to do the math then, like just my sixth year fifth, is that right? Yeah. Well, I've been here five years, so wouldn't it be oh whatever? I don't know, fifth or sixth. Know. Anyway, because this is always a confusing one because you know when you're born you're not one, but when you go to your E three <laughs> your first year you are that's your yeah. first one. Right. So I think you might you might have seven. Is that not right? You sure? Let's 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 move on. Yeah. I'll count it off later. But anyways, we I, sound I don't, so it's dumb. It's all fucking to blur. It's fucking blur. Yeah. I remember. Remember that year we gave a rage game this show. What the <laughs> fuck were we thinking? That was that, that was last kind of year, amazing. wasn't it? Um, no, two, two years ago, because last year was Bioshock I mean? yeah, Infinite. They definitely Which isn't all... even going to be at this E3. It's kind of amazing. It was that last year, but not it already got year. the biggest award. It doesn't care. Yeah, yeah. Fine. All right, so I'm gonna, I'm My first count. E3 was 1998. What really? Yeah, I was not working. Uh, I was just like my yeah. my my dad worked for newspapers, so I got media credentials and just came with a friend. And it was in Atlanta. And yeah, we thought it was amazing. Yeah, I, I saw like uh, Zelda. Like that's the first time I played Zelda. Yeah, or, uh, Ocarina of Time. It was awesome. My sixty-three. You're seventh. You figure you, you, you <laughs> are our guys. It's my sixty-three as well, but only my fourth attending. I've worked two other E3s as home base before. Okay, mm. Mm. what's that like? Uh, do you feel like you're missing out? So can you do explain? You have, so for people FOMO? that are home base, if like like so for instance, back when I was at One Up, like when oh. I did home base. I actually had to write all the news out of the Nintendo press conference from home base, just right. off of a live stream sitting in the SF office. Like, like that you was don't like, go, you just I just went and I, I like came in super early to do all the live stream news, or I would like people would send me te- like the way it worked at One Up was different at IG and everyone's sure. a lot more self sufficient. And this was old One Up, and it was like people would just send me the text, and then my job was to input it into our database and and edit it and make it look good. Yeah, they just sent me raw text. That's gotcha. funny. So I was basically just a data bitch. For like, you, you know, did data entry yeah. for a week. Yeah, one of the, so. that's one of the great ironies of E3 is the best way to cover the show is to not be at the show. Totally. Like, if, if you want to have, uh, you know, like, IGN's, like press conferences for press right. conferences and stuff. Yeah, in, totally. In, in well, yeah, I mean, you have to see and play the games totally. But so obviously, you need to be there for that. But generally speaking, I think you have a much better view. Like when you're in it, when you're in the shit, you have a hard. Like it's hard. Like have you seen this game yet? No, I haven't even made it over to like that side of the show. Like you're in the middle of it and you can't see like the forest of the trees. But the people that are at home can totally get a feeling for like what games are crushing it and uh and what aren't so the home base team is incredibly important for that reason yeah it was fun i actually i always liked doing home base team especially for like tges and stuff like that because yeah. then i would work like the 10 a.m to 6 yeah 10 p.m to 6 a.m shift it was fun yeah well we've all been working very hard we've been crazy busy so i wanted to take this podcast to take a, take a little breather before we head out down to la i wanted to talk to my, with my friends for a little bit and we that's us yeah and hey. i wanted to answer some questions from our listeners hi listeners hey, hey listeners hey, listeners. Hey, remember listeners. Hey, listeners. <laughs> you can always reach us at gamescoop at ign.com just like evan johnson did uh evan johnson works at a gamestop and he's wondering why people buy games at launch he says, what? I've noticed it doesn't pay to buy a game when it comes out. Currently, Mass Effect 3 is retailing new for $30. Really? Why, while I understand why this is done, it's frustrating. I guess I don't have a question as much as a frustration. I respect the opinion of the journalists at IGN. I'd love to hear or read a few different opinions from you guys. So he's saying, why don't we wait for things to go on sale? Yeah, I guess he's saying it's like it's it's better to buy the game cheaper, even if it's later. But it's just I guess it's I mean just, it's the same reason I didn't. If buy you want to play it, pay it earlier, then you'll pay uh, the premium, right? It's, it's right. It's the same reason I don't didn't buy a 360 in 2010. I bought one in 2005. Yeah, 
because I wanted. Some people want to, to go see a, mo- a movie on you know. Yeah. If you're an the enthusiast, you, you want to be you want to have it right away. You, you want to be a part wait. of the conversation right when yeah, it's that's, happening. That's, that's the other big thing is I especially these days. Um, you know, there's so much community in, in Twitter and NeoGaf and you know IGN's message boards and all over the place that I don't want to miss the boat on like I'm playing this game. I want to discuss it. I want to see what other people are thinking. I'm playing a lot of Diablo right now, so I'm on the Diablo subreddit right? on I mean, Reddit well, and reading about that. It's like, like, that's a great example, is, like, during the week that it came out, what were we, like, everyone was getting together to talk about. It was like, yeah. you know, everyone's jumping on the Diablo train. We even got Greg to play through a good chunk of the first act. Yeah, that's true. So. And we, uh, and that's, maybe it's because I'm... Speaking of which, SimSetting February, yay! <laughs> <laughs> We uh, maybe it's because I'm a journalist, but that's a big part of what I like about. I almost like discussing games more than playing them. Like I'll play sure. a little bit in order to be able to like, what did you think of this? What you know, well, here's what I thought. And it's interesting how I, I was thinking about it last night. How little I'm playing games at this moment. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like all we're doing is getting ready for E3, and all I'm doing at work is writing all these E3 previews that I need to have embargoed and have this, that, and the other. And yep. I'm talking about injustice, and I'm doing this and blah blah. But I go home and I'm like, I'm so tired. I just want to watch TV. And I look at all the games on my shelf, and it's like, man. After E3, I'm going to get to playing. It's like, wow, I'm not even playing games right now. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah. There's no percentage of my job at this moment, That's this week especially, that I'm I'm binging playing. on Diablo tonight to yeah, get it out of my system yeah. before. I'm, I'm working my way through hell. Yep, me too. Can also, eat, I'm, so. gonna, I'm seeing if I can beat Torchlight before I leave for LA. Nice. nice. I think I just have like one more, a couple more levels. One more boss, baby. Nice. I just beat Max Payne 3 as well. Mm. So what do you think? I got that out of the... It's good. I started it over no the No resolution to it, but it was good. Mm. It just ends. You just start it? Mm-hmm. Not not too far. It's it's it seems fun. It's it was one of those things I don't think I was ready to sit down and like be that stationary. You know what I mean? Because it's yeah. very much like we're going to tell you this, you know, like plotting game of like here's Max's story and it's a pretty oppressive game. Like you yeah. don't walk away from it being like yeah. You walk no, away from it being like that was fucked up. Okay. So I like that it has its own visual style. It's it doing does. its own thing. Sure, sure, it definitely does. No, you can look at it and you you immediately know it's Max Payne three. That's that's cool. I appreciate that. Something that's been bugging me with iOS games lately. They all look so generic, and yeah. it's really hard for like for iOS games to stand out. I agree. Anyway, agree. That was a tangent. Uh, this is David Dominguez Gadsen. That's a good name. Yep. He says, uh, "I heard you guys talking about how Kingdoms of Amalur Two was in development. Would it all be possible? Would it at all be possible to start a Kickstarter for Thirty Eight Studios to raise boatloads <laughs> of money? Wow, not that too familiar. Would be the biggest Kickstarter. Not too familiar with how it works, but correct me if, if need be." I would, I yeah, would, act, would, I would actively tell people not to donate to that if it yeah. happened. What, what has been the biggest Kickstarter, Justin? You know, it's still, uh, isn't it still? No, uh, I think it's been, I think it's been ten million dollars for. Well, uh, there's so for there's, a watch, right? There's a been, watch. There's non-video game ones, right? So right, that's right. the thing. So what, but what is the biggest one? Uh, ten million dollars for this watch. I, I think it's the the e-paper watch yeah. where it's like a it's like an e-ink or e-paper like like a face a, on the watch, and so then you can change it. It can show. It can be digital. It can be analog. It can be. It can show whatever you it want. It syncs Bluetooth with your phone to let yeah. you know when you're getting new text and stuff like that. Yeah, it's actually they, they were asking for a hundred thousand. They got ten million. <laughs> right. So. And that's because you can buy, like, if you support the Kickstarter, you get this watch for, like, 120 bucks or whatever, yeah. and it's going to cost, you know, 200 when they come out. So. Right. Interesting. Yeah. But the biggest video game one is, I think, still Double Fine. It's Double Fine. And it's, uh, what are they, like, they 3.9, like, 3.8 yeah. million? Yeah. And, the, and, and To make, like, a, a big console uh, action RPG like Amalur, like, you're talking about tens of millions of yeah, dollars. They, they would need probably, right. and why would probably you need have, $40 million. Why would you ever do that when... Like Kurt Schilling is a multi-millionaire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's just I think that's just we're taking for granted how it makes sense to us how the, how confusing the reckoning situation was. Yeah. What you'd want to do is kickstart big, huge games yeah. or the developers who were working on Kingdoms of Amalur: Reckoning Two and knock on wood 
everyone who saw, like everyone in the industry and who isn't a, a governor of a state, saw Reckoning and saw that it was successful and saw how much fun it was to play and can imagine what they would do. Hopefully in EA or somebody is looking at all those people saying, why don't we bring them over and put them onto this game and make that be our thing and yada yada yada. Do they own, do we know for sure if, does EA own that brand? No, or, EA does no, not own that brand. So 38 owns it. 38 So there's a chance, I mean, they laid off everybody, but they are probably talking to publishers and seeing if someone else would want to fund them to make a sequel, maybe. Like, or yeah, they're but just uh, done no one would fund 38 Studios because no they already have them, tens time, of millions yeah. of dollars in oh, yeah, debt. That's, yeah. Yeah. But Big Huge Games, I think, has a shot. Those people were super talented. You can't play Reckoning and tell me that game isn't a blast to play. I think storytelling and like some of the aesthetics. That I, still, yeah, more. I still need to play that one. That being I mean, said, it's, I like, mean, it is a, but they're owned by 38 Studios as well. Big, huge. Like so, unless yeah. but I mean, everybody's laid off. So I'm saying you can get those people now. It's not right, like but it couldn't be a reckoning game. It could be a sure, game sure, made sure, by sure, them. sure, sure, sure. Yeah, oh no, totally, totally. Yeah, reckoning is awesome. It's so much fun to play. It's it's one of the most bizarre gaming experiences I can think of in my life. Where I. I still am. I haven't played recently because of so many reviews I've been doing. But, I mean, I am addicted to that game in the way that what I do is I sit down and mute the TV and listen to podcasts and just mm-hmm. take quests and then go play the quest and go kill everything while I'm listening to This American Life or The Moth or something. The Moth? The Moth, yeah. What's The Moth? The Moth podcast. It's a storytelling podcast. Okay. It's uh, real stories told in front of a live it's studio one audience. one of Greg's great dreams to be on The Moth. Yeah. I, I tweeted at them one day. and I was like, like, you, you tell you your need... stories? Yeah. I love telling my stories. Exactly. <laughs> It was. Uh, I tweeted at them saying the next time they come to San Francisco, they should let me host the show. I like. And they to said tell we'd stories. be happy to let you do that, but we're not coming to San Francisco anytime soon. <laughs> I like they said I should st- submit submit my uh, story. Uh, I'm sorry, maybe uh, if you let me finish my I know, statement. I realized. I'm done. Now Anthony wants to tell a story. No, no. You no. can. What you do is you go to the <laughs> Google the Moth Podcast, and then you can go to their page, and they have a section where you can submit your. Uh, uh, you can pitch your story, and if I think if it gets voted on enough, they'll fly you to New York to go to the Moth and tell it. Yeah. Awesome. But all the stories are super serious. All mine are like, I got drunk and this happened. I was going to say, yeah. all mine are vulgar. Like, me and my friends decided oh, that would, fit in. to get drunk and then and then he break all the tractors at the security job he was working at. And then we had to hide it. And anyways. That's fun. See, that would work. Yeah. I'd, I'd, I'd vote that. I'd upvote that one. Yeah. It, it was a lot Is of fun. Is that how it works? You had to vote I think so. I think so. Not 100% sure on that part. Anyway. <laughs> Everyone listen to them all. This is Nick Jones. Tom Greg Miller singing. Nick Jones! <laughs> says, hey guys, I just thought I'd share a little memory from Greg. Oh! oh. I was listening to a past game scoop, and Greg was telling Hillary, Damon, and Nate about a disturbing dream he had. It was about him taking these murderers' bodies and getting a barrel of acid and putting them in it. Yeah. He then proceeded to dig... They were child molesters. He, child pedophiles. He, <laughs> child pedophiles. Well, that's <laughs> you know he dug I mean. a perfect hole weird. in the ground and put the barrel in it. Then he rigged it to explode. Cool. I laughed for a good ten minutes. <laughs> Maybe if Greg remembers it, he could refresh us on the details of it. Oh, man. Yeah. Sounds like he knows more than... I I remember vague, I do definitely remember this. I definitely remember this dream. What it was, yeah, is that they were bad people. They were bad people, if I recall. <laughs> but the bad man. And I thought they were. So they were trying to do something to kids in the neighborhood or whatever. And I killed them. Yeah, and I put them in a. I put them in a barrel of acid and buried it in the backyard, thinking no one would ever like look for crime. it or whatever. Yeah, and then like a cop came by, of course, like poking around. What's it? What and then he left, it? and I rigged it up to explode. And I think. Like, he had left, obviously, but then yeah. more people came, and so, uh, like, regular people were about to get blown up, and I just ran away. <laughs> <laughs> I had a dream last night that I was trying to stay on top of a tipped-over rowboat to avoid being eaten by a monster under the water. Did you do it? And What uh, was the monster? I, I don't know. Emotions. Um, but I, th- I know that this directly came. <laughs> this directly came from the fact that while I was spending two hours in the airport waiting for my flight yesterday, I watched a 
an episode of the X Files where uh, where he looks for a, a sea creature called Big Blue. Yeah, I know that episode. Lake. That's a good episode. That's the, one, I that's the one that's in like black and white, and they make it all. Is that the same one? It's not in black and white, but it's the one where they're looking oh. for like a Loch Ness monster equivalent. Gotcha. There's, there's and another they one. Show it at the end. They show the Loch Ness monster. Yeah, does, does it, it wink at the camera? Like, <laughs> then light a cigarette and go. No, but it's totally it is totally cheesy. Yeah. So. Yeah. I thought he was going to go to the one. I remember the dream where. Remember this one where I, somebody killed you, or when, like they shot you or something, and I was you in the killed, room. You and got I revenge. Beat the, I beat them yeah. to death with my hands. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. I smashed their skull in. Like, Jesus. Yeah. Like it was super gr- gruesome, and then it turned out you were okay, or like we cloned you or something stupid like that. <laughs> And the takeaway was don't fuck with my header life mate. I tweeted it. I was going to say, Dave was wondering the next day when he came into work while you were just kissing him on his face. <laughs> so good to see you. I never wonder why Greg, Greg kisses me on my face. I, I, I had a dream this week I told you about. Yeah. Uh, there's with this, Tech Nine? Yeah, oh, I, sorry, I gave it away already. No, that's fine. There's this designer at our office named Kevin Janiak, and he's like super smart, and he knows how to... I don't think he's to, a designer. No. Well, he's go, an what, what, I'm sorry, Whatever. <laughs> what, yeah, an engineer. What, I meant like he designs like the CMS. Sorry, my bad. Not like a designer, like our art, but like our infrastructure of the site. Right. Engineer, I guess is what you call him. Not. <laughs> infrastructure designers anyway su- he's super smart and he fixes everything yeah. and so the dream was that me and damon were up in a like a sing- single engine cessna and kevin was teaching <laughs> us how to fly and we were like over farmlands like in the middle of the country and we landed in this like field and kevin dropped us off and like left us where we couldn't we had to walk away and so damon and i were walking through this small town and we passed what was like an insane asylum like a home for the mentally ill or whatever. And Dame was like, let's go up there. And I'm like, no, I do not want to go there. And you're like, no, let's go. So we knocked on the door and, and the door opens and it's tech nine, the rapper, oh, but he's in a suit and he's in a suit and tie. And so he's playing along that it's a mental institution. He takes us into this living room and sits down and we're talking to him for a while. And finally I'm like, well, blah, blah. and I'm like, I know you're tech nine. And he's like, Oh, you know me. Okay, cool. This is just my house. And I like fucking with people who show up randomly. And like, no, I just live here now. And then we talked about his children and then I woke up. Uh, Tech Nine is on a new song. Uh, it's on Chris Calico, one of his uh, partners from Kansas City. Big he, Chris Calico. Yeah. He put a, out a new album, and Tech Nine guests on a track uh, on that album called Kill Shit. And uh, it's one of the, it's, he has one verse, and it's one of the best flows from Tech I've heard in years. There it's awesome. Everyone, tweet at Tech Nine. Let them know we're talking about him on this game scoop. Yeah. I want to get him on Up at Noon. We got to get him to come do a live show on Up at Noon. It's funny that, oh, yes. I mean, I'm from the Midwest, so I know Tech Nine really yeah. well, too. But like, he it never really blew up like nationally, super, super big. Yeah. Um, and so it's just something that, like, if you're it's in like, Missouri or yep. Iowa or it's Illinois, like some of those states, you undoubtedly know him. I've seen him in San Francisco several times, and it's always packed, though. So, like, no, he, I mean, he's he totally this, like, big and like, popular, he's legitimately but he's not, like, He's legitimately one of the most successful independent musicians yes. in the world. Sure. He's awesome. Yeah. I, I, t- I don't mean to take anything sure, away from sure. him. I just mean, like, if you're from either coast and you don't know who he is. No, a great example is I was, I, I, there was this developer I knew at THQ forever, and I would talk to him every time of these wrestling events. Yeah. And one time we're at wrestling events drinking a few beers, and I was wearing a Mizzou shirt. And he's like, oh, yeah, you know, my sister, go, I'm, you know, I've been to Kansas City a lot. My sister's there. I'm like, oh, well, the big question is, do you know Tech Nine? And he flipped out that yeah. I knew Tech Nine. Like, it's like that one unifying thing if you're yeah. from around there. It's true. Pretty good. Now I don't feel so weird about me being in your dreams. Oh, no. It's a very common thing. Have we talked about a... that dream on GameScoop? Uh, which one? Have you ever heard this one? I don't know. I don't know. Can you don't want to hear it? It's more embarrassing for me, I think. Now I want to hear it. I told him about it. This is that, you know, this, I told him about this dream at the pool party we had a while back yeah. or whatever. But the dream that Where night, only Anthony got in the pool? Yeah. The, dream, the, only the dream before that barbecue that I had had the night before was <laughs> it was me, Justin, and his wife. And we, were, and we were discussing having a threesome. And, like, this was, like, we were pretty much going forward for this. And, like, no, we, nobody's naked. We're not in the bed or anything. We're, like, at a bar or something discussing it. And then, like, at the last second, I was like, you know what? I don't think my penis is big enough for this. I don't think I want to do this. And, like, no, it'll be fine. And I'm like, I don't, I don't think so. I'll see you guys later. 
I was very polite. I just that's that's Vetri made me a little bit angry at first. I'm, I'm he's super uncomfortable about his wife. We talked about in any kind of hypothetical no, that's not situation. true. I just I'm protective. You know, you're having a dream about a threesome with my wife. But then what made me okay with it was that I was there too. Sure, yeah. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> there's nothing insidious that's, about that's it. That's just as much about me as her. Yeah. So I love you both. I think that's pretty clear. Yeah, you're both hot. Mm. That being said, <laughs> you're like the only member of editorial that's married. I think so. Is Ryan married? Yeah, well, yeah Ryan, McCaffrey. Ryan McCaffrey. Ryan McCaffrey is married. Yeah, right. yeah, him and I can be in the married dudes club. What did you just say? I said you and Casey. Oh, oh, yeah. I was thinking of like more of the... I know what you mean. Yeah. Our normal yeah. group we're seeing every day. Yeah. Out at the bars. Underdogs. Yeah. Ron Van Dyke has a question about The Last Guardian. Good names. This oh, week. wow. Okay. It's never coming out. Then. Last I heard, one or two of the lead developers for The Last Guardian left the team. Has there been any news surrounding the title, or has the project flatlined? Well, I mean, it was flatlined for a long time. If anything, it got a jump start, I think. Uh, you know, they announced not too long. Yeah. There's a, a Kickstarter, Kickstarter for it. <laughs> not too long ago, they announced that, and I always screw this up. I believe they announced that Santa Monica Studios was going to help them, like, try to finish it. They were, like, they're, they're, like, sending a producer to, like, be a part of it and figure out what's going on, keep it on task. But, yeah. Uwe is gone. The, exa- the other producer left to go do social games, I think Facebook stuff. Don't expect to see it at E3. Colin Moriarty's prediction on Beyond is, in a, for our PlayStation predictions mm-hmm. piece, is that uh, it'll be shown, they will announce the release date, and it's coming this year. Which would be, that would be a megaton of just like, uh, then it's a unicorn just, rides in, yeah. <laughs> Jack Triton jumps I, off I, it. I'll tell you, my prediction is, sure. that, is that you should just assume it's never coming out. And then yeah. if it ever does, you can be pleasantly surprised. Sure. It, it, it strikes me a lot. It's gonna, I think it's going to end up being a Metal Gear Rising situation, where... The last Guardian will come out, and it's not going to be anything like what we saw before. Yeah. They'll, have, they'll have scrapped all that when it was off the rails behind closed doors. I mean, when when Ryan Clements went and saw the PlayStation Vita as the NGP, which was two years ago, right? When he went and saw it in Japan, a year, a year he, ago, he we were still it calling it the NGP. Yeah. Yeah. Is that true? Or did they announce the Vita no, earlier right. in the, the year? No, they announced Vita at E3. Yeah. yeah. So it would have. I guess maybe then it was just a long. We year were still calling it NGP right now. Yeah. Yeah. This crazy. time last year. It's, yeah. it's hard to believe. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but that being said, I'm pretty sure that the Last Guardian started out as a PS2 game. Like I'm almost positive that I have Probably. friends that told me as much. Yeah. So that yeah. game's. Just, I mean, if they started on it right after that Colossus, game's just a fucking disaster. Yeah. yeah. I would. It, that whole team should be fired, in my opinion. Like, what the fuck? It should not take you six years to make a game. Yeah, I mean that's kind of uh, Japan. It takes them a long Japan. time. Japan. It takes them a long time to make games. Yeah, well, and, what are they uh, doing when they come in every day? A like sequel every, to Final like, Fantasy Thirteen. I was yeah. gonna say like two days out of the week they work, and the other three they just stare at something. Like, come yeah. on, do fucking work, and it should get done. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Uh, you're really criticizing the Japanese work ethic, is it? I mean, I'm just I, saying, I don't know six years to make the, a game, you're, you're fucking up something. Yeah, I don't know what's going on with sure. the Japanese games industry. Like, it took them six years to make a game, and then they come out, and, like, they're usually, you know, the controls are kind of weird, and they're just not... I'm just saying, that know. same game in the hands of American Studio, two years tops. I yeah. mean, the, the, you know, the, yeah. the Telltale thing we always talk about, right, is that the entire Uncharted series, yeah. the entire Resistance series, <laughs> every game with, has come out in the time that Last Guardian's been in development. That is, yeah. good, that is a good point. Uh, this is Vincent Kinney. His subject line is, real question, don't laugh. Oh. He says, forgetting personal relationships and the fact that you work there for a second, if you didn't work at IGN, where would you get most of your gaming news from? I, I would still get it from IGN. Yeah, like I did before I worked here. Exactly. I think the thing for me, right, is that I came to IGN all the time for my news, and then I blogged and was a community member on 1UP. 1UP mm-hmm. had his awesome community, but like 1UP never had, the in my experience, the whole, we're going to update Every freaking second, and they something were just happening. comprehensive. So yeah. for me, it was the same thing. I went to one up for community stuff and for podcast 
but when I wanted like to go a place where I knew they'd have the review for something I right. wanted, it was release date. Sure, IGN. go to IGN. They're going to have what I want. Yeah. They're going to have what I need. That being said, and then there, and then nowadays I have specialized things that even sure, still I sure, go sure, to, sure, like, sure. like Rock Paper yeah. Shotguns, like the place for read, PC stuff. Oh, that's like true. Great, yeah, I do have specialized know? sites. There's a really good uh, site called XBLA Fans. Yeah, that's uh, they're really great with Xbox Live Arcade coverage. PS3Trophies.org. Yeah. yeah, see, there are a couple of things like that that are very specialized. But yeah. but overall, I, I still like even not being detached. Like IGN is. Sure, I think if I was on the outside now, I would uh, it would be IGN for everything. And I think our communities come obviously leaps and bounds. I'd probably still I'd be vlogging here, and then I think I probably would have replaced one up with Giant Bomb by now. Yeah, I like all those personalities. Probably. I like hearing everybody talk over there. Yeah, I get and, a lot of my news from NeoGaf. Mm, mm. I don't. I mean, the community there is it's very you know you all know you we it's all a spend, mixed bag. It's a mixed bag, Anthony. It's a uh, you'll be like you'll have really sort of mature adult great conversations about stuff, and then it's just really terrible in some other ways. So, sure. um, but just for straight news, if I need a snapshot of what's happening in video games that day, I don't even read the thread. It's just sure. the titles. Like, sure. Although it also I, seems like nowadays one of the places people are going for community stuff increasingly more is just subreddit threads. Yeah, I I do a lot of Reddit, and that's what I like about that is it's really it's malleable to whatever I'm into at the time. Like when I was playing a shitload of Skyrim, like boom, subscribe to that subreddit. And then when I'm done with Skyrim, I just unsubscribe. So it's like yeah. right now it's all Diablo and then that can go away when I'm not playing Diablo yeah. anymore. Your question wasn't dumb. No, not at all. He adds that he loves Kingdom Hearts and works at a grocery store in Toronto, Canada. <laughs> cool. I don't mean to laugh. I just, it's funny. <laughs> he said, don't laugh. <laughs> not working at a grocery store gives you plenty of time to listen to podcasts. Trust me. Yeah. Is that what you did? Yeah, like when you're like sitting there moving labels so they're all facing to the front sure, and doing sure, mindless sure, shit. Sure. Yeah. At least you're laughing like a madman to yourself. Yeah. This is Adam Martinez. Uh, after watching the new trailer for Tomb Raider last night, everybody saw this? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I can't help but feel like it's being developed, being developed by people that really hate either women or just Lara herself. Oh, come on. Really? It seems like everything they've shown has her getting brutalized and getting into worse and worse situations. Yes, that's true. That said, I still can't fucking wait for this game. What I, do you guys think? I find that all compelling. I don't agree with yeah. that assessment at all. Yeah, no, I think they're actually being very respectful towards women and towards that character. Um, uh, that recent Hitman trailer is yeah. a good mm-hmm. example of the other side of things. And like, I'm not the type of person that gets easily offended by like me either. I, I accusations do, of sexism in games, and like, I, I'm I just not that, that type of guy. Like, the, but, when it comes to women things, people tend to have too big of a knee-jerk reaction to the other way. Too much sure. to get way too overprotective. Yeah, but um, yeah. I think that Hitman trailer was just bizarre. Oh, it was and it totally was just, unnecessary. Like, there's no gameplay in that trailer. It's not representative of the game at all. It's just totally ridiculous. It wasn't even indicative of, like the story of the game or anything. Yeah. It just, I don't yeah. understand the point of it. I want to. I want to get like a snapshot of the team of people, like the creative team that decided, like, yeah, this is what this is what we want our image to be for this yeah. game. Which mm-hmm. sucks. Are we probably still embargoed. I saw the Hitman demo for the three. No, the preview one no, today. Oh, it did? Okay, cool. And it's an awesome demo. Like, yeah, it, like it I'm, totally I, got I'm me excited for that game. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I and like that's what they came out with. Like, yeah, it's like, what? what? This isn't even what we did. We walked around and sneaked around and had all these different well, ways to uh, kill they've people. They've done bad stuff in the past too. Like when they did Kane and Lynch, they yeah. had like some Kane and Lynch like Playboy campaign or yeah, something. Sure. It was like, what? This is. We, we had we had that model on GameScoop actually. Yeah, and I'm just saying it was like, but it was like, but it was like you know, Kane and Lynch has nothing to do with that. You know, it's like I really don't like the mixture of like sexual imagery and really really violent imagery and that's what hitman did and that's what hitman has done in the past they had that ad campaign where there were women in like their underwear that had like a bullet hole in their head and then the really yeah and yeah and like what was the tagline I, the tagline ad? was something a like killer, you know, yeah something clever and like killer bodies i don't, I don't yeah, remember exactly yeah. something like that and that's what i don't like so it's like to get ready for this battle agent 47 is putting clothes on 
And to yeah, get ready for the battle, the women are taking clothes it off. It would have been a lot like, better if the women had just fought in their nun outfits, right? Yeah, like, or just, I, I just don't, I don't get it. It makes any sense. Here are some hot girls. Now watch them get the shit kicked out of them. Like, I, I don't get it. Yeah. It's totally weird. So, yeah. I, see, the flip side of it for me with Lara Croft and everything is I think that is being more realistic to what, I, it's a different kind of game and it's setting mm-hmm. itself up that way, right? I think when we first saw it and when you see it even in snippets or you read a preview, it is easy to go like, oh, they're, they're taking a page from Uncharted's book and yada, yada, yada. Whereas this is way more, I think, uh, she's on the defensive in the entire trailer. She's getting yeah. fucked yeah. up. So she's getting, I don't she's think getting looked- knocked away from the bow and arrow. I, I described in, we did a reactions piece. I don't think it's up yet. But like when she goes into hiding, right, and she's like trying to hide from that guy, the fact that the guy finds her I think is cool. Yeah, like that, that was really cool. That never happens in games. Know, so yeah. you, you're the protagonist and you always have the upper hand. And here it is. This looks like the gray to an extent. All right. Like the, and I only saw the trailers for the gray. But, you know, <laughs> everything's going wrong all the time. You're with her. You want her to succeed. So the difference is that in Hitman, they're showing you those women because they want you to be like, fuck yeah, they're getting beat up. And the difference is when you're watching Followed Laura. Followed by titty when, shots. It, when and, the difference is yeah. when you're watching Laura Croft, you're like, oh, fuck. Oh, right. fuck. Like, you feel for yeah, her. You're not, you're like, not like, like, she brings up the bone air, and you're like, she's going to get, oh, she's tackled. Fuck. Yeah, yeah, you're not like you're hoping that she gets hurt. Yeah. You're, you're the, looking out the, for her. In the Tomb Raider trailer, she seems like a real human being. Yeah, that's, that's, that's what's so exciting that's, about the game. And that's what, I, some of the gameplay stuff does look like it's cribbed from Uncharted, sort of the playable cinematic stuff. And, and that, I, I totally think that they took heavy inspiration from that. But the actual, sort of the theme of the game, or the theme of that trailer where um, I, I don't anticipate Lara Croft killing, Lara Croft killing hundreds and hundreds of people sure. in this yeah, game yeah. like everyone makes a joke about nathan drake being a mass well, and blah, 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 blah. Croft, she used to kill everyone too right everyone and, and everything. all these endangered animals and <laughs> yeah and so i think i think this lara seems like a real human that uh yeah that's it that's... i mean overcoming adversity is one of the biggest ways to make you connect to the character yeah. when she's having all these things where you're like like you know old james bond movies are kind of like hard to identify with because you're like yeah they're just kind of fantastic but yeah, when like you watch new james bond he like slams his face and falls and stuff and you're like oh this is like a real spy. they set like, the tone immediately in that exactly. bathroom fight and that's how that's what tomb raider makes me think about yeah, yeah. this is sean sean he went he has a question wants to know what is judge this week i, I hear you guys know. talking about it but i'm not sure what it is is it related to e3 it is, Sean. It's pre-E3, pretty much. Basically, the fact of the matter is there's a million games at E3, and lots of them are embargoed until the show. So a lot of and publishers get together and say, we don't want our games being overlooked. We know you. every outlet has a judge that's part of a panel that then decides like the overall. But what is this yes, panel? Yes, you're getting ahead of what, that's, what, not real, that's not real. Fine! The, <laughs> so it's, it's the, judges Week awards. was originally conceived right. uh, uh, so that judges, one person from each media outlet, could get, get a good judges look at what, E3 though? games. Yeah. Hold on. They can get a good look at, at the games that are going to be E3 because they're going to vote on the Game Critics Awards after okay. E3. So every outlet has one judge. Exactly. That's part of the Game Critics yeah. Awards. Yeah. But it's then also turned into a coverage opportunity where just outlets, outlets in general can get an early look at what's going to be E3. That's how we have things to, like that Hitman preview and stuff yeah. like that. Sure. And, and yeah, so, that's why I have so many previews to write this weekend. And so, so yeah. we've, yeah, I'm sorry. But we've already seen like a, a good chunk of yeah. the big games at E3. We've already seen the, 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 the games and we've got our previews like ready to go. They're just waiting for the start of E3 to publish them. Yeah. Right. And that's why I think most people are probably familiar with embargoes. But if you're not, yeah. you know, sometimes we see something early, but then you can't write it, you know, your coverage can't go up until a certain date and so you see stuff a week or two before e3 but then you can't write about or you can't your cover your preview can't go up until the show starts and that's great though because it gives you a bigger lead time to write something whereas a lot of the stuff we write at e3 you guys are always great and you're nice and you point out when we make copy (laughs) when we make you know edit problems and stuff like that which i actually find really helpful because it allows me to correct stuff um uh but you'll notice that that'll 
you know, we don't have as much time at E3 because we see something, we write it up within like two hours of seeing it. And then you yeah. have to go see something else. Yeah. And there's some other appointment to make. So it's nice to have those bigger lead times. Or, the Judges Week is really helpful for that. Except Greg Miller didn't write his previews fast enough. Apparently. Well, I have real work to do, too. So it's just getting down to it. Yeah. <laughs> this is Andrew Elmore. He asks, if some psychopath put a gun to your Jesus head Christ. said he'd blow your brains out if you didn't pick your one favorite game of this generation, what would you say? He fucked me up when he's added of this generation. I always have my favorite game ready, but... Yeah. I would... I would, I would, we, t- we, I would we already did it. We made a video based on this question. Like, what, What's your favorite game of this generation? Did oh, we? God, what did I say? Yeah, we did that. We said of all time and of this generation. Uh-huh. I said Uncharted 2 is my favorite you game did. of this generation. And, said, and, that's, and that's my only game from this generation to crack my... Probably even top ten. I said Limbo. Mm-hmm. Uncharted 3, but I would try to fight him first. <laughs> Anthony, what did you say this generation? I, I don't, don't remember, remember now. now. <laughs> I don't remember. I'm afraid that I'll mess it up. Might have been Uncharted 2. <laughs> no, because Justin picked that. Oh. <laughs> that in in the terms of the video, we I didn't duplicate oh. favorite games. I don't remember what you picked. I mean, I really, really, really liked Borderlands, but... I don't know if about favorite game of the generation. Bioshock? Oh, Diablo. I'd say at this point it'd probably be Diablo if we would count that amongst the generation, even though, you know, PC games... It counts. ...comes out in that window. So at this point it'd probably be Diablo, but... Diablo. This is Ryan McBride. Quick question. Does IGN actively recruit people to work in their editorial process if you see good work? My girlfriend works in HR and was talking to me about recruiting tactics, and I thought it was interesting. Usually when a position opens up, the way it's always worked in my experience was that we'll all talk and be like, man, I, I think I know someone who'd be a really good fit for that. And then we might just put out feelers for that person. But we also do open recruitment. Like uh, yeah. for the position that Justin has, I interviewed a bunch of people who had no previous like games writing experience. Is that true? Like, we haven't talked about that. You only talked about the one dude. A yeah, lot no, of people interviewed for my job. Yeah, and oh, I interviewed oh, yeah. like a guy that yeah, worked. They all at, turned it down. I interviewed so a guy that worked. <laughs> I interviewed a guy that worked at like at a guitar magazine right, see, and stuff like that. So it's like it's like yeah, we, we definitely we do interviewed a lot of, four or five guys. One of them was from Olathe, Kansas, yeah. and he had a British accent. Whoa. Yes, he did. <laughs> I, that's this is the first I've ever heard of that. But yeah. yeah, in general, I feel like everyone we do we do try and keep right. Our so eyes so out. we're definitely encouraged to look if you know somebody that would be good for a position. You know, po- point them out. You can, there's a spot you get sort of rewarded if if you recommend someone for a job and they're hired. Um, but what we're not talking about yet is freelance, yep. and that's you know we we have a freelance budget, and if you want to try out some writers, um, you know we have sort of a stable of freelancers that we use regularly that aren't on staff at IGN, but you see their names all the time, and we're always willing to try out new freelancers as well. And that's yeah. a lot of times how people get sort of on. Exactly. You on do freelance radar. for a while, and then a job does open up. And you're like, oh, hey, do you want to try this? It helps well, to do freelance. If you're ever looking to get in freelance, I will say it helps if you do a niche that a lot of people don't do. So, mm-hmm. for instance, if you review sports games, that yeah. helps. Mm-hmm. If you do, like, hardcore racing games, that helps. And MMOs. <laughs> A lot of people don't do MMOs. But world. then the flip side is, then it's like, well, now you're the racing guy forever. Like, sure. you better really like him. Sure. <laughs> he should have been pretending. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah. This is Dexter Shoemaker. After, he's, he's talking about Injustice, Gods Among Us. Oh, I've heard of this game. <laughs> After reading Greg's article on this new game, I can't help but feel even more mixed on whether to be anticipated for it or not. As a big DC Comics fan, it's obviously cool to see these characters in a new game, but as someone who enjoyed the newest Mortal Kombat, this feels like a step back for not only the DC license, but for NetherRealm Studios. They made Mortal Kombat specifically to get away from the negative stigma MK versus DC brought forth. The look and tone of the first trailer makes me think the game will be open... The game will open with the DC characters witnessing the destruction of Dark Khan, thus beginning Injustice's brutal story. Time will tell, but as a fan of the studio and the characters, it left me very puzzled. 
Yeah, me too. I mean, I'm known as the I'm the DC Comics fanboy on staff here at IGN. So when they were like, "All right, Injustice," and I was like, "Ah, oh, sounds like Injustice League." And the trailer started, and it was it was you know pretty much like Injustice League or Crime Syndicate versions of Superman and Batman and whatever fighting each other and Solomon Grundy out there and stuff. I was like, "Whoa, this wait wait what? Like what is going on?" It's like because that was the big thing I put in my preview today that uh, a, a quote from Ed Boon in 2010 when I interviewed him about the, the new you know last year's Mortal Kombat, and I was I mentioned Superman earlier in. The interview and he came back to it and he's like oh and it's funny that you brought up superman you know uh we felt that you know while it was a commercial success mortal kombat vs dc universe that we you know people wanted us to get back to being violent and hardcore and doing all this stuff and this is now taking that left turn to go away from it right i mean it's very strange this is mortal kombat vs dc universe without mortal kombat at all and it's like but it still looks like mortal kombat so it's not like you're getting away from it except it can't be as brutal and it can't you know you can't have people killing each other so then there's these like oh superman's gonna punch you into the sky and fly up into the stratosphere and then slam you back to the ground and then you can if you move to the left of the screen there's a car you can interact with and slam a car into him and stuff and it's like it all looked really stiff and kind of awkward and just i mean it's early too i put this in my preview and of course a lot of people want this was my favorite part about the reaction to this article today is i put up this very honest thing of just like you know hey I'm not a big fan of this. I don't know. In like Casey and Mitch chimed in because they were at the demo too, and everybody's like, "It's so early. How dare you make an opinion?" Blah blah blah. <laughs> However, though, when we do, when we review a game and we give it a bad score, the comments are, "You've been hyping this game since day one." And blah blah. So I give you, you know, what I mean, like you can never make you can't, anybody you happy. You can't win, huh? You can't. So yeah, I was yeah. Injustice doesn't do much for me. I admittedly not a huge fighting game fan. Uh, Mortal Kombat versus DC Universe. I did review, and it was more. Drew me in because it was I don't a feel DC like game. DC's doing very smart decisions in general with their with their uh, like entertainment properties, with the exception of Batman. Like outside of Batman, they just well, that's the only one they're doing anything with, right? Yeah, yeah. there's like Lego Batman Green Lantern movie that yeah. wasn't. Uh, oh yeah, you're talking so, about isn't. I'm over, just saying in general, in sure, video sure, games sure. and otherwise, like, yeah. I just don't feel like they're doing anything good with the rest. Like they have such a great slate. Of entertainment properties, and yeah. the only one they seem to not fuck up is Batman. They're yep. getting left behind. It, I mean, they're really good at making animated films. Like that's where they've that's, that's really where they have like dug their heels in and made a point to be like better than anybody else. But especially in video games, like Batman's like the totally. only one that does totally. Yeah, and, you, and it's like how long ago did Arkham City, or Arkham Asylum come out? You know what I mean? Like. Yeah. No one's made a Superman standalone game yet. No right. one's made a Green Lantern standalone game yet. I mean, like, Superman one's the most obvious. How did you there's not? A new Superman wasn't there a Green Lantern game for the? Are you talking exactly. about not based on the movie? Exactly. Okay. That, that's oh, the whole God. thing. They that's... didn't put out when Batman Begins came. They didn't put out a bat. Or I'm sorry, they did actually. When the Dark Knight came out, they didn't put out a Dark Knight tie-in game. But then they announced we're doing this Batman game called Arkham Asylum. Right. It's going to be pretty cool, and it turned out to be awesome. Yeah, and too. it was them saying that we couldn't make another bad Batman game. We had to make an awesome Batman game. You don't know what's funny. And so about. it's like you get it. You finally get it. So now tie in around popular franchises of movies, games that make sense, and, and then Green Lantern comes out and they put out a, you know, a crappy Green Lantern I Lantern forgot game. that you and I sat down and beat that in one night together. We sat down and platinum it <laughs> one night together, yeah. And but so we, I mean, what, there's te- there was a terrible Iron Man game, too. It's yeah. not like Marvel Superhero is, uh, in general, yeah. yeah. But it's, it's not- like, it's, but DC really, like, Arkham Asylum was the one where it really seemed like they fucking understood it for a change. Like, oh, Hold on, we don't have to time it with a crappy time. Man of Steel will be the big test. The new Superman movie comes out in 2013. And if we just get another fucking shout-out licensed game, not to mention that Man of Steel we is like already pretty much done, I think, as far as filming and whatever. Like, right. the mo- like somebody that's is working... Z- that's a Zack Snyder joint. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody is working on a, in a Superman game right now somewhere. And if it's a tie into the film and it still sucks, I wish we could cut to that right now. Yeah. Like, <laughs> they're just like bouncing a ball off the wall. Like, how do we stop them? <laughs> Kryptonite fall? I guess I don't know. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's. Uh, it's quite ridiculous how that DC Comics has not 
said no more crappy, no more Green Lantern games like that. Yep. It's it's easy. What I was starting to say is that it's easy in hindsight or from our position to sort of say that. But Ar- Arkham Asylum, in a lot of ways, was kind of a fluke. I, I saw Arkham Asylum. I don't I don't know what E three this was. Again, they all blur together. Yep. Like you said, and uh, they couldn't like they could not get anybody to pay attention to that game at their booth. It was empty, and WB had this booth, and it was sad, and no one wanted to go see it. And like when you did see it, it it was fun. It was fine, but yeah. it wasn't like sure. the awesome, amazing game. Like, Anthony, 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 and I sat in on this demo. It was the first time we ever sat in. You were still GameSpy at the time, and we left, and like they left, and they're like, "So what did we think of it?" And I was like, "I don't even know. Like yeah. I don't know what the hell that was. Like yeah. I'm." I'm shooting around fucking gargoyles at one point and the next point i'm down there punching things and it's like it was cool but how does that all come together it didn't seem yeah. that fun i had a friend that was doing qa on the game back in the day and i remember i would talk to him about it at times and he would just tell me like it's like i don't i don't, I don't even know like he's like i honestly i don't know what to make of it and yeah. then it all came together at the end it yeah. was something amazing but, so, I, but the reason right is that they brought in paul dini and they said make a f- you, we are good at making animated films so we're gonna let this write this as an animated extension you know what i mean and then yeah. we'll make it look like whatever and like so why not do that again why not have one of any of the animated films that are awesome sit down and do that where is a wonder woman game where is a flash game where is a jla game like it's i don't know it's back to us you know yeah. being armchair quarterbacks but yeah. they do make dumb decisions i don't understand <sighs> mortal Kombat versus dc universe okay game i gave it a seven five right and i remember people thinking that was too high I don't remember anyone ever being like, this is fucking awesome. Like, consumers, right? Yeah. And so now you're putting this game out that's targeting the Mortal Kombat universe, not a Mortal Kombat game. It's a DC Comics game. DC Comics is not in the title of the game. Like, how is somebody to wrap their head around this when they're walking down the aisle? Last year, they rebooted Mortal Kombat. It was very successful. Yeah. But no, don't make Mortal Kombat 2. Make make this, Injustice. It's very strange. I'm sure Injustice will prove to be one of the strangest announcements of E3. Yeah. This is Jack Clayton. Question for Anthony. You ready? You're on the spot now. I'm so ready. (laughs) So ready. So ready. Hello, Scoop. Just another one of those longtime listeners, first time writing in guys. A virgin. I hail from the same lovely country as Charles Onyet. My question is mainly for Anthony. I know he is quite wise in this area. Recently, I've been researching some books based on a series known as Star Wars. I've always been a huge fan of the movies, and after playing The Old Republic, I've been itching to read some of the books. However, with the fact that there are well over 100 books that take place in this universe, I have no clue what series to start with. I don't mind the time period. All I really care about is a great story. Also, I have a hard time falling asleep, just like Anthony, if I remember correctly. So my second question is, are any of the Star Wars books available in audio form? Oh, shit. This is the perfect... So so you'll be happy to know that I basically only listen to Star Wars audiobooks. All my Star Wars books come in audio form just because they're so well produced. Uh, They're done by Bantha Music Studios. Like They do like this really great soundtrack yeah. to it and use all the music so if you want good star wars stories uh the ones you can get unabridged is you should get uh star wars fate of the jedi outcast that's the first of like eight books it's a whole eight book series it takes place 45 years after return of the jedi you don't need to know what's going on just kind of like jump into it and you'll be able to put things together also star wars millennium falcon you find out who owned the millennium falcon from when it was made to when it ended up in Han Solo's hand, that's a pretty cool one. What's the one that has the uh, like the the foreign aliens, like the new aliens, the extended universe ones? That, uh, that, what are they called? Uh, Nemoidians? Uh, no, I mean maybe the yeah, ones the that ones. are like. <laughs> no, I don't know. I don't, I don't, <laughs> Nemoidians, the ones that sound like they're Asian. The ones that like t- is it like the thrall or something like that? Like, am I making this up? Oh wait, wait, wait! You're talking about the Yuzhan Vong? Yeah. Uh, okay, Yuzhan Vong. Those 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 series are. I think the Jedi. I can't remember the name of it right now. No, you're on the spot. Uh, 
Anyways, you want the Jason Solo books for that. Look up Jason Solo. Anyways. I'm Jason Solo. I'm Jason Solo. <laughs> to give you one last one, though, if you want to better appreciate the events of episodes one, two, and three, you know, if you don't really like those movies, but you would grow a better appreciation if you go and listen to the audiobook, Darth Plagueis. There you go. Where, where, where can these audiobooks be found? Are all on iTunes or audible.com. You listen to the moth a lot of time. They give out. Uh, I'm not. I'm going somewhere with this. They give out. Uh, they do promotions with Audible. So if you listen to all the moth, moths, you'll get a promo, promo code to get a free book. So you could get one nice. of these free. Nice. Jacob Tramley says, "I've noticed that the Japanese like to use English in a lot of their culture. I've seen it on things like billboard ads and video game titles. I was hoping that you guys could enlighten me as to why. Do all Japanese know English to some extent, or is it because they think we are cool? <laughs> They've so it's both of those." It, yeah, they actually. do know English to an extent, but they've always thought we were cool, and that comes out of the post-World War II era where we had all these Marines and stuff stationed over there, and we were directly involved with reshaping their post-war country. Like, they grew to have a kind of appreciation of American culture. But it's also time. that, like, American culture is pop culture. Yeah, it's like, like Hollywood. Worldwide pop culture, yeah. And, yeah. And, yeah. So. And they use it to make awesome T-shirts. It is motherfucking Beethoven. American culture is pop culture, but they grew a particular fondness of English yeah. and stuff because of our direct involvement with their country. For and, and and in school, they teach everybody English. Like, yeah. can you imagine? Like, I, this is something I think about because I'm from the United States. I don't. It, it's hard for me to imagine what it's like to be, you know, tw- in your twenties in China or Japan or somewhere else. But like, the world's popular culture comes from somewhere else. Like, what if China had Hollywood, and not us? And yep. then it's like all that shit's just like subtitled, and like that's the big movies every summer. And it'd just be weird. Yeah. I don't know. Give um, it twenty years. Yes, <laughs> that's true. Let's talk geopolitics. <laughs> Parker Jenks. First off, I would like to thank you all for the awesome work you do. Now onto my question. Unlike most listeners, I do not want to go into video game journalism. I want to go into the field of business, specifically stocks and accounting. Oh. However, I do want to work at IGN. So my first question is: Are there any jobs at IGN in the fields I mentioned? My second question is. <laughs> What other jobs besides journalism are a part of not only IGN but the whole industry? I mean, everything imaginable. So, so first so of all, question IGN, one. IGN does have a few accountants. Uh, yeah, we do have an account. We have an accounting department. They yeah. handle. Uh, they file our expense reports. They do. Uh, I'm sure they I'm do, sure they do more stuff. <laughs> but that's what we know them as. <laughs> I'm sure they do more th- more things too. Um, I think every business needs an accountant. Yep. Sure, someone's got to so, run the books. Yeah. Uh, now, in the industry, I mean. Jesus, any sort of, I mean, any any sort of business related uh, marketing, is, sales, especially advertising. If business related and that sort of thing. Valve is a company that hires a lot of that too. They yeah. do a ton of like economic prediction. And, yeah, mm-hmm. there's there's everything there's, you can imagine. There's um, team, there, there a need for legal expertise. There's artistic, like you know, audio engineers, uh, art artists. There's a lot graphic of graphic designers, uh, anything. There's a lot of like data engineers is a growing field now, especially if you work on like Facebook games or social games or anything can, that can be updated. They make data driven decisions. They'll test out different versions of things and then A B test and see what yep. wins and then statisticians. Yeah, exactly. Just people that sort of crunch numbers. Um, you know, there's a lot of producers on games and that's usually like sort of a business facing role. Like you need to you need to uh like someday I think if I didn't work for IGN, you know. Ten years from now, after I've got done running, blasphemy. After I've got done running the place, said done. Check that one off the list. Um, I think I would like to be a producer because it's like a mixture of business and creative. Like you get to have some sort of hand in you know the actual creative vision of the game, but then you also need to keep it on budget and on time and on schedule and sort of manage manage the team that way too. Mm-hmm. So, I want to write a Star Wars story. Yeah, 
Yeah. yeah, so that's actually can I can I I'm I'm going off the rails. I'm going off the reservation. If you uh-huh. didn't work here when you're done working here when uh you know Greg Miller will be dead before that happens. Exactly. Thank you. What what would you what would you want to go do? Anybody? I just thought you There's said this... I'd be dead. Well no, I'm I was just joking. Alright, I yeah, well I mean the whole thing I mean if I was to leave IGN I would imagine it would be because the video game industry has closed down as a whole. <laughs> There's no more no more video games. Yeah, then I would move back to Missouri and work at the wing restaurant. My friend zone. Okay. Maybe I mean I don't want to go. I don't. I don't think I'd want to go back to. So you would never want to cross reporting. over and work in development at all. No. I. I've, I mean, it's something that gets kicked around once in a while, and it's just like, what would I do? I have no technical skill at making anything. Like, uh, I, it's one of those things I could show up and like bounce around story ideas for you and stuff like that. But then even sure, like, but you, I also think that from several years of being a video game critic, you have valuable insight into what is and what isn't fun on a level that a lot of people that are ingrained in game design do not have that's what took me a long long time to learn is that these a lot of people making games don't have like you are more of an expert than them like you see bad games come out and it's like how did this happen it's because nobody nobody working on that game knew like they didn't they don't have that expertise sometimes i mean you look at things in a different way than they do that is a valuable you know yeah a valuable tool for them maybe i host something on the game show network i if i wasn't working (laughs) if i wasn't working for ign i would never want to write about games again like mm. if I'm not writing, yeah, that's your thing, I right? Like I don't, it. I don't ever think about like. I mean, I, I guess it's just because I'm, I don't know, whatever. I never think about like, man, if I got laid off from IGN, I'd immediately go work at Gamespot nope. or whatever. I want to yeah. go file my, and not because I hate those places, just because it's no, like. I just at uh, this point, if I wasn't working for IGN, I just wouldn't, I just wouldn't want to do it. Like I don't know. No. What about you, Damon? I could do music full time. Music full time. Mm. Oh, yeah, tour as a DJ and produce tracks. I'd love to do music full time, but I. So you would write a Star Wars story? Anthony? I would love to write a Star Wars story. Why don't you do it? You can do that. You don't need I know. Oh, okay. I don't need I'm sure it's an issue to, like, licensing is like, that's the issue, right? Yeah, Because yeah, anybody yeah. could, like, write I could a write fan, fan fiction. fiction. But that's, like, yeah. yeah. And there's Ron Bolo walking into the Millennial Falcon. <laughs> <laughs> the difference between fan fiction and, and Star Wars stories is just that one's published and one isn't, right? Yeah. So, yeah. We, uh, it's interesting that I'm the only one that would that wants that has any interest in working in game development. No, I, didn't, say, I didn't say that. And, and I didn't say that. Don't have any interest. Oh, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. yeah, fair enough. Oh, yeah. yeah, it's just one of those things. I'd have to have that burning passion. Yeah, like, yeah. that's what drives me at IGN, right? And so, like, yeah, like I like doing the start stuff. Like, I like doing up yeah. and doing a lot. So that's always interesting. Who knows what I'd end up doing with that one day? Sure. But so maybe if I went, but then like, what do you do anywhere else? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I go, I go. Host the Sucker Punch show or whatever. Yeah. What are you guys working on today? Oh, for we can't tell you for another two years. All right. For me, <laughs> for me it would have to be a very specific project. Like, yeah. I can't just say, like, a blanket thing. Like, I'd like to produce. No, it would yeah. It would all have to be, like, something that I was like, this is exactly. And that's something, too. Like, I've kicked around, like, you know, everybody's like, oh, there's, you can't make a good Superman movie story game or whatever. And I, I think I've got enough ideas in my head to make, make that compelling. So if somebody came to me and was like, you can come make a Superman game. Tell us what we need to do. What's the story? How's you it heard work? it first here. Greg's also yeah. out. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure make- Warner Brothers really quick to hire me anytime soon now. <laughs> How do you make Superman vulnerable? I'm not going to tell you, but I'll tell okay. you. <laughs> his heart. His heart. His liter- figurative heart. Yeah. Okay. For a small well, I mean, it's like one of those things. a year, Greg will tell you. How to I had to explain it to Lego. Uh, there was some guy trying to be a jackass at the original Lego Batman 2 demo I was at at uh, GDC. And he was asking all these questions about like why Superman could take damage. And so I had to set him straight. And they, they, the guy at the end's like, you should stay here the rest of the, the producer's like, you should stay here the rest of the week to answer all the questions. But I mean, it's like, you know, the Superman animated series Superman could 
honestly be killed by conventional weapons. I did have the a- problem is that pre-crisis Superman was pushing fucking planets out of orbit and bringing them back in, and everybody was just like, well, that's what he is. That's, okay. Everyone has that Christopher Reeve mentality of who he is, and I that's did, not what he is anymore. I did have a moment with a publisher, though, recently where I asked a question, and they were like, we don't know how to answer that other than to say it was for fun. That's good. That's so. a fair answer, I think. I, I like uh, if you watched the uh, Resistance Burning Skies interview I did on Up at Noon, right? Like I, we, I asked the guy, like I was like, oh, Colin was super upset that there's Chimera in this game, which was a prequel to a couple other one, Resistance games. Uh, why there Chimera in this game that aren't in the other games? Why would there be new Chimera in this? Game? He's like, do you want the real answer? Do you want do you want the truth or do you want like the PR answer? I'm like the truth. He's like, we just wanted to have fun and make new characters. It's like, yeah. all right, that's fine. It's a game. It doesn't matter. You're allowed to do it. I asked the Transformers guys when they were here. I was like, how come there's air inside the Transformers ships? <laughs> And, and, and I was like, do they breathe? And he's like, no. And I was like, then why would they have oxygen in their ships to get, like, sucked out a window when a window gets broken? He's like, uh, because it's fun. <laughs> so I was like, all right, see, I appreciate that. Good answer. Yeah. All right, just a couple more uh, emails here. This is Robert Gisby from Suffolk, England. I guess I, I hope I'm pronouncing that Suffolk? Right. Yeah. Greetings, IGN, you lovable gaming scamps. You. Oh, <laughs> I love him. He's a funny one. Longtime listener, first-time writer. Always listen to it whilst walking my dog, Shamu. Oh, look at that! Yeah. That's a that's a quality really? picture, yeah. right? Yeah, very very cute picture of Shamu. Also, Wilts. Yeah. Shamu is that his dog's yeah. name? Mm-hmm. Like the like the famous whale of America? Yes. Pop culture. I mean, Shamu culture. has the coloring of a killer whale. He does. I'm sure she? that's where it comes from. Game machine. Killer whales, man. Those guys are hardcore. Yeah. I've never watched E3 online before, but this year I've decided to give it a go. Yeah. It's one of the best ways to experience it. It is. And I was just wondering if you could inform me on how IGN are covering the event in terms of video primarily. Will it be streamed live or posted bit by bit later on? <laughs> if it is indeed live, what time will the streams occur for your UK audience? So right now, if you go on to IGN.com, on the right side of the screen, you will see the schedule of all the events that are going to happen. And we will be live streaming. In, on any article related to E3. But yes. I'm saying even on IGN.com, it's on the, on the right side now, right okay, now, cool. there's, yeah, I mean, there's a schedule of events. Which it's live, yeah. The, the times are all in Pacific time, so I can't make that conversion for you. I'm sorry. Seven hours. You're Make you're sure you're right. Yeah, don't, don't I'm, I'm checking. I got, I got the clock on so my phone. We, um, we are live streaming all the press conferences, and Damon is running a live show the whole week long. Can you talk a little bit yeah. about what the live show is? Yeah, well, so first, our, all of our live coverage starts Monday morning. Right. Monday morning for us. And those are, a, that, with, That's Microsoft press conference. Yep. That's followed by... Uh, EA press conference, then Ubisoft press conference, then Sony press conference, and then on Tuesday we start with the Nintendo press conference, and then at noon Tuesday, right into the live show. Live show, every, ten minute uh, demos every twenty minutes. You know, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, all day long. Anytime you, for you look at the Pacific time, add eight hours to it. That's okay. London time. Yeah. There you go. So basically, all next week. So we're going to be streaming that. You can watch that on IGN. You can watch it on YouTube. You can watch it on our new Xbox Live app. And for the first time, you can watch them on your iOS or Android devices. Who nice you can do that? But a lot yeah. of people have asked me. I didn't know that, that part. That's super badass. So yeah, you can watch also, it. Also, and if you do miss them, it's not the end of the world. We do we archive them on videos. And you can watch them on our YouTube channel. It's Every individual live show segment will be archived in, independently. With VOD, and yeah. you can just download it. And it's it quick this year from everything I've heard, right? They're, they're, I, I know the, so. pro- the conferences themselves will be super quick as far as getting that broken, up, broken yeah. out of heard. Yeah. So, so yeah, that's plan. Just plan to be glued to some sort of device or monitor next week, it, all week long. This is going to sound weird because I, obviously, you know, <laughs> everyone out there knows I don't take it for granted being in the industry and having the roles and being as blessed as we are. But it, it strikes me as now it'd be super fun to be on the outside. 
If if I was growing up now to be able to sit on my like have it on Xbox Live, you know, this on my on TV at all times, yeah. watch whatever I, I want. It totally would be. I mean, you could get your friends over. I mean, I remember even like I didn't go to the year that Reggie was like, ah, oh, my name's Reggie, and I'm like, but I remember sitting in my room on my computer watching it. Like that yeah, was yeah. one of the first years it was they probably streamed on the whole thing. Terrible. Small. It was a totally like four four sixty eight <laughs> by two fifty six like thing, and I was like, ah, oh, I can totally tell that the Wii's gonna be awesome. Yeah. So figure, like, yeah. Not nowadays, yet, nowadays they got it even better. Yeah. I remember my definitive video video game moment was when IGN did the entrances for WW, WWF WrestleMania 2000. And I got to, every day when Dunham would put up his article talking about a new wrestler, I remember clicking and watching Chris Jericho's entire entrance over the computer. And I was like, holy shit! I'm sure it was in a window. Exactly. Like this it was like... a postage stamp of him coming <laughs> yeah. out and like, dancing on the stage. Yeah. <laughs> so fucking awesome. Internet. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty great. Yeah, that's awesome. Last question from Jack Stewart. Jack Stewart. He has a gamer relationship tip. Oh, okay, that's a good one. Interesting. Just the tip, I think. Just the tip. Just the tip. Hey, all, I think this, uh, I, I figured I would try to uh, help out fellow gamers in relationships. I always hear gamers ask questions about their gal pals, making it hard to find time for gaming. Right. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here's a tip I recently discovered. Dragon's Dogma. The game is pretty decent, but you get to make a, an NPC who follows you throughout the game. Make it ju- look just like your girlfriend, Aww. give it your girlfriend's name, and she will want to watch you play. Aww. It's actually a pretty good tip, yeah. That's, That's not bad. Tip. That's not bad. Whenever you get an opportunity to name characters in games and it's a lady, I always give it my wife's name. Aww. Give her my wife's yeah. name. And then you just beat her unconscious. <laughs> Steal all her gold. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't heal her in battles. <laughs> Let her go down over Maybe you shouldn't have burnt the fish last night, huh? <laughs> the fish sticks. That's uh, right, having fish sticks. It's true. Uh, okay, that's all the scoops we have for you this week. We're going to go to E3 now. Uh, we hope all of you listeners will join us all join next week for all of our hot game coverage coming out of E3. It's going to be fun. It's going to be really good. IGN.com. Yep. Thank you, Greg. Thank you, Justin. Thank you, Anthony. Thank you, dear listeners. Remember, you can always reach us at gamescoop at IGN.com. I leave you this week with a small sample of the new Knife Party EP. It's called Rage Valley. It's amazing. You guys got to get it. Uh, Four songs. Everyone is an absolute monster. My name is Damon. This is IGN Gamescoop. And we're out. Until they kick us out. Until they kick us out. Until they kick us out, people move your feet. Until they kick us out. Until they kick us out. Until they kick us out, people move your feet. Until they kick us out. Until they kick us out. Until they kick us out, people move your feet. Until they kick us out. Until they kick us out. Until they kick us out.
Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk turned traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available.